0: Hello. Hope you're okay on a very hot Tuesday, July the twentieth. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. I have more on the weather in just a bit, but we're actually going to start today with a really shocking story from Thanet, where a young woman has suffered a miscarriage after being attacked. Eighteen-year-old Beth Newman was punched, kicked, and had her phone stolen by a group of women she didn't know in Margate. She spent four days in hospital and had several seizures after it happened following the Euros football final earlier this month. A family Have released a video of the moment she suffered a seizure. You're all right, honey. All right. All right. All right, Beth. Calm down, sweetheart. All right. Mm Beth has also spoken out about the unprovoked attack. I don't remember that whole night at all, and then I just remember the next day being in the hospital and just being in so much pain. I couldn't move my neck, like I couldn't, I couldn't walk properly. I, everything was hurt. I was covered in bruises from head to toe, like. Everywhere. Police are still investigating and want anyone with information to come forward. We've got details on who to contact if you do have any info at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and nightclub bosses in Kent are concerned about the Prime Minister's plan to make people prove they've had both coronavirus jabs before being allowed in. They say enforcing the system will be difficult and feel they're being put at a competitive disadvantage with bars and pubs. Even though clubs are open again, the new rules are due to come into force after September when all adults will have been given a chance to have two vaccines. Tokyo Tea Rooms and Club Chemistry in Canterbury reopened on Freedom Day. Matthew Jones-Roberts is the owner and has been speaking to our colleagues at KMTV.
1: I think there'd been a lot of anticipation for today. Um, It was a bit strange at first. I think lots of people were expecting um, it to be a little bit more restrictive. Um, but from one minute past midnight we had people on the dance floor we had a balloon drop confetti cannons and there was a real hype around it um, and i think everyone had a really great time i've never seen so many happy faces on a dance floor um, it felt it felt like a release for everyone um, they talk about it being freedom day but i think one of the biggest things today is um, there was a choice that people could have that they could actually make the decision whether they wanted to dance or sit down. Um, and I think that really helped people's enjoyment. Um, on social media, it's been really, really positive. We've been getting a number of phone calls, people asking about vaccine passports and things like that. I think that demonstrates the lack of clarity that's actually been coming from the government on this. And as of yet, I've yet to find any guidance on how to issue vaccine passports in a venue. So we're sort of fighting with one hand tied behind our back in that respect, because there's a great chance that we'll be blamed if there's a further spike. But in the same way, we haven't actually been given the tools to follow certain elements of government advice so um, we are finding that when people are contacting us that actually that is a demonstration that they failed to get that information
2: out.
0: And our reporter Megan Carr also ventured back to a nightclub last night. Megan what was it like?
2: I was a little bit apprehensive of going because I have only had one of my jabs and obviously a lot of young people have only had one jab so I didn't really know what to expect, but I was absolutely blown away with the staff and the venue at Attic in Dartford. It was, you know, very, very safe. I felt comfortable the whole night. Um, I, I never felt at one moment that I was at risk of being infected. Um, I was lucky enough to have a booth, so I kind of just sat with my friend. It was only two of us that went and we kind of were in our own little area. Um, and wasn't near the dance floor, but we still had our own space to kind of dance if we wanted to because we were in a booth as well. We got table service so we didn't have to stand at the crowded bars or anything like that. Um, you know there were there were a few people there were quite a lot of people for a Monday night. It was nice to see people out and about again. I think there was like a few friends groups in the da- on the dance floors and things like that. Um, But it wasn't overcrowded. I mean, I don't know what it would be like at the weekend because it was a Monday, but I-, I would go again. I did feel safe. I decided to wear my mask just out of personal preference Um, and everyone kind of respected that decision and people kept their distance when they could. And overall, I It was a really enjoyable night and it was nice to get back to normal.
0: Thanks, Megan. Well, we've been asking on our socials today what you think about the idea of a vaccine passport for anyone wanting to go to a club. On our Twitter poll, 62% of you think they should absolutely be required, while 38% say no, it feels intrusive. On Facebook, Liz Absalom hopes it would encourage younger adults to get vaccinated if medically able. She thinks this might slow down infections. Chloe Tinsley added, Good idea. But a recent negative negative lateral flow test should be acceptable for those who cannot be vaccinated for genuine medical reasons. Otherwise, they will unfairly miss out. Samantha Sparks says we all knew this would come, so not really surprised. To be honest, I'm surprised that they won't be required for entry to general pubs slash restaurants. That will be next. Finally, Michelle Coles says, Terrible. No choice left. I'm double jabbed and felt forced into it. I didn't want it. I work in healthcare, so I legally have to be. I still got COVID anyway. Well, you can still let us know what you think by leaving a comment on our socials or voting in our poll. Also today, every part of Kent now has a COVID infection rate over 100 per 100,000 people. New figures showcases are continuing to rise with more than 5,200 positive tests tests Across the county in the week to last Wednesday. Dartford has the highest infection rate, while Thanet is lowest. Twenty nine patients are currently in hospital with the virus, and according to latest data, deaths remain low.
1: Kent Online reports
0: A man in his fifties is in a critical condition in a London hospital following an attack near Sevenoaks. He suffered a head injury on London Road in Westrum on Sunday night. A man and a teenage boy have been arrested on suspicion of assault. Cricket bats have been used as weapons. During a fight at a charity match in Maidstone Violence broke out at a game between friends at Mote Park on Sunday Police say they've spoken to those involved and no arrests have been made a driver's been cleared of causing the death of a teenage girl when his broken-down car was hit by a van near Sittingbourne. 15-year-old Georgia Mann was a passenger in the Audi and died in the crash on the A249 Slip Road at Bobbing in October 2018. A court heard the car had run out of petrol. The 22-year-old's been acquitted by a jury of acting carelessly. More than 430 asylum seekers have crossed the channel to the UK in a single day. That is a new record high. Children were among those seen walking ashore after landing near Dungeness yesterday. They're thought to have sailed from northern France or Belgium. Sky's Ashna Hurinag, who's in Dover, says the high numbers are timely, given what's on MP's agenda. They are currently debating a nationality and borders bill in Parliament, which would include things like perhaps processing migrants in offshore countries, a bit like Australia does. But until the weather remains as it does right now, many people continuing to take that risk. More asylum seekers have been filmed arriving on a beach at Dungeness today. It's thought a high number of crossings are being tempted due to good sea conditions. Kent Online reports. Oh, <laughs> Controversial plans to build more than 9,000 homes near Sittingbourne have been officially submitted. Developers want to create a new housing estate on land near the Kent Science Park. The idea was actually first discussed 17 years ago. Or well, Heisted Park Garden Village would also include primary and secondary schools, parks, a sports hub and a new junction onto the M2. There are calls today for Operation Brock on the M20 to be removed as soon as possible. The contraflow system between junctions 8 and Nine has been put in place this week to deal with any increased traffic at Kent's ports now COVID restrictions have been lifted. But Ashford MP Damien Green has told the Commons it doesn't make any sense.
3: It's unarguable that the effect of imposing quarantine on travellers to France will be significantly to reduce uh, the numbers of those wanting to travel. Uh, with this in mind, uh, will my honourable friend agree that the imposition of Operation Brock on the M20... Uh, in Kent, which is designed to cope with long queues at Dover or the tunnel, uh, was a trifle premature and that Operation Brock should therefore be removed as soon as is humanly possible.
0: This was the response from Transport Minister Robert Courts.
3: I thank my Right Honourable Friend for raising this uh, question. I know uh, it's something that uh, matters a great deal to his constituents, uh, and he's, he, he's been a real leading voice in campaigning on this, and I recognise the disruption to his constituents. Uh, the Kent Resilience Forum have put in place that uh, movable barrier between Junctions 8 uh, and 9 of the M20 this weekend. It enables Operation Block um, to be implemented. This is a precautionary decision by uh, the KRF in advance of the summer holidays. I know that they will keep that decision under review and will deploy Operation Brock for as short a period as possible. I entirely recognise the strength of feeling on this matter, Mr Speaker, and I know that uh, uh, my right hon. Uh, friend uh, the, uh, the Minister for Kent uh, will be arranging a meeting between the ARF, my honourable friend and other interested MPs as soon as possible.
0: There's a concern today that those hardest hit by the pandemic in Kent will be left behind now that restrictions have been lifted. Food charities fear many will think the need for meals for vulnerable children is over. But well, the Kent Online podcast has been told more than 2.3 million children in the UK live in households that have experienced so-called food insecurity over the past year. Well, Fairshare have now teamed up with Tesco to provide millions of meals to feed children this summer. We've been speaking to James Persort who's from Fairshare in Tunbridge Wells. The
3: key concern is that as um, the world returns to some sort of normality, that those who have been hardest hit by the pandemic will be left behind. I think we are... Uh, Hearing from our charities that they expect demand for food support to remain the same, if not be even higher um, post-pandemic, as um, the impacts of furlough and the impacts on uh, the job market um, really bite. So we're expecting demand for fair share support to go up. And can you explain in practical terms what it means by food insecurity and, and give some examples of that here in Kent? Yeah, so... Food insecurity can be um, a vulnerable person either skipping a meal or worrying about where their next meal is coming from and the anxiety and the sort of mental health challenges that that brings. So it's both a combination of the missing of of meals themselves and the inability to access particularly healthy and nutritious food um, and the worry and the anxiety about where uh, the next meal will come from that adds to the mental health challenges of the, of the problem. And you mentioned there about, of course, society reopening, lockdown being lifted in the country. Um, you know, we're also at the height of summer now at schools breaking up. We're at potentially a precarious moment for a lot of families with, with, you know, with schools in particular being closed, that potential support being lost. That's right. So um, many millions of children rely on a free school meal as their main source of uh, a healthy balanced meal during the term time. Um, the campaign that Fair Share ran for two years uh, called Activate, tried to shine a spotlight on the fact that those children then suffered from food insecurity during the holiday periods. Um, Marcus approached us and uh, offered his support to help shine a considerably bigger spotlight on the issue. And the rest is history really, um, that that became a a talking point uh, almost daily on the news throughout um, the initial lockdown and now everyone's well aware of the challenges facing many uh, vulnerable children um, throughout the holiday periods. The government has um, stepped up and supported um, with holiday activity funds for this year, the holidays this year, um, but we're seeking, the task force is seeking support for a longer period of time, the next three years. And uh, what, what is it that you guys are going to be doing now? Obviously, you, you launched a, a new scheme. Can you just talk us through that? So we're being um, supported this summer by Tesco. um, Buy One to Help a Child campaign. Um, so every time a customer goes into a Tesco store and buys a piece of fresh fruit or vegetables, um, a donation will be made, a food donation will be made to Fair Share. And the aim is to get 3 million meals, the equivalent of 3 million meals, charities and local community groups supporting children um, over the course of the of the summer holidays so starting today for three weeks every single piece of fresh fruit and vegetables that's bought in a Tesco store will contribute towards that
0: as promised, more on the weather then and a yellow warning for thunderstorms has been issued for Kent. Forecasters say heavy rain and lightning could cause flooding, some travel disruption and power cuts into this evening. The alert will be in force until midnight. A derelict site on Herne Bay Seafront could be turned into a boutique hotel with a rooftop bar. The owner of Alaturka Restaurant on Central Parade is planning to spend £4 million on the project. Stars of Killing Eve have been spotted filming for Season 4 in Margate. At Kent Online today you can see pictures of Jodie Comer and Fiona Shaw shooting scenes on the seafront. It's going to be on our TV screens next year. Now this sounds like something out of The Greatest Showman. A funfair coming to Kent is looking for someone a bit frightening to work on the ghost train. The Smiths Family Funfair is going to be in Lay's Down from Friday and bosses say the ideal candidate would be a horror enthusiast or a goth. They're holding auditions and say anyone wanting to be considered should turn up in their Own horror costume. And tributes have been paid today to Piggles the Swan, who's died at Leeds Castle near Maidstone. He was believed to have been the oldest swan in Britain and celebrated his 30th birthday last month. Staff say he was a massive character and will be missed. Mark Brattle is the head falconer at Leeds Castle. When you work with
1: animals, you know it's inevitable that at some point this is going to happen. Um, You can never really sort of prepare yourself for. It's happening, and it does affect us. You know, you do get very, very attached to uh, all the animals, all the birds that we have here at the castle. But for one that's been here for so long and been such a um, a positive uh, animal or bird within, you know, the Leeds Castle staff as well as the visitors. You know, for for him to, to now be gone is is been a massive hit.
0: You can also watch a report on that story on KMTV tonight from five thirty.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: The number of new cases of COVID nineteen among people involved in the Olympics is up nine to sixty-seven. We told you about this yesterday. It includes a Czech volleyball player and US gymnast who tested positive. The six team GB athletes who were forced to isolate when a passenger on their flight in Tokyo tested positive for coronavirus have been training again, but they had to do that individually and socially distanced from others and in cricket tim Granewald has joined kent's coaching staff after retiring from the professional game at the age of 37 he's made the decision after suffering a knee injury but will still be staying on at the club for the remainder of the season kent's director of cricket paul downton says he's been a great role model for any young player In the way that he's conducted himself, both on and off the pitch. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app that's going to give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent
2: Online Podcast.